Welcome to Lompoc Foursquare Church's podcast. Enjoy the message. Well, last week we talked about moving from stress to blessed. It's more than a statement or a cliche or, or something you want to tweet or post. It's reality. And God wants us to live into that reality. I mentioned last week that there's three things that are problematic when working towards rising above stress. They are worry and hurry and fear. And I want to key in on this word worry. Remember David said in the 23rd Psalm, the Lord is my shepherd. I I don't have any worries. Why? Because I have all I need. In essence, I trust in God. The old story is told of two business executives that met for lunch. Gene asks, how's your health? And Ed responds, I feel great, better than ever. My ulcers are gone. I don't have a care in the world. My blood pressure is low. I feel great. And Gene asks, how did this happen? And Ed says, well, my doctor was concerned about my various health problems. And he said, they're caused by worrying. So I hired myself a professional worrier. Whenever something worrisome comes up, I I just turn it over to him. And he does all my worrying for me. Gene says, wow, I'd like to hire someone like that. How much did he charge? And Ed says, only $150,000 per year. And Gene asks, how in the world can you afford $150,000 per year? Ed shrugged his shoulders and says, I don't know. I'll, I'll let him worry about that. Well, wouldn't it be great if you knew someone who could handle all your worries for you, take all your anxieties on, take all your stresses away from you? Guess what? I know someone just like that. I know someone who can handle all of those issues in your life, but you have to trust him. Not partway, but all the way. You must believe in the promises that he's made And of course, that person is Jesus, God's son. And in the Bible, he spoke to us about worry and trust and not being afraid. You see, where worry begins, faith, well, it stops. But where faith begins, worry stops. And what this means is faith and worry cannot coexist at the same time. You either choose to believe and have faith or you choose to worry and have anxiety. Worry is a conversation you have with yourself about things you cannot change. But prayer, it's a conversation you have with God about all the things he can change. If you'd go with me to Matthew 6, verses 25 to 34, we have this amazing teaching by Jesus Christ. And he says, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you'll eat or what you'll drink, or about your body what you'll wear. Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? And why do you worry about your clothing? See how the lilies of the field grow? They do not labor or spin or toil. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon 
and all of his royal splendor was dressed like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown in the fire, will he not much more clothe you? Oh, you of little faith. So do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly father, well, he knows exactly what you need. And Jesus went on to say, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Now, notice Jesus isn't giving us a suggestion here. He isn't saying, well, in, in my humble opinion, you, you, you might want to consider this idea of not worrying. No, in the original Greek, this is a strong command. Do not worry. And so when we worry, we violate the command of Jesus. And I think it's interesting. He couples the command, don't worry, with the statement, O you of little faith. The Greek word for worry means to be divided and distracted, to divide the mind and the heart, or to be torn apart. You see, worry and anxiety splits the mind right down the middle. And we've been talking about being renewed in our mind. Remember Romans 12 too, it's been our verse. Be renewed by how you think, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And it will cause you, if worrying anxiety enters into your mind, to become a double-minded thinker. It rips the heart in two. Allegiance and loyalty going in two different directions. Rather than take away tomorrow's trouble, worry erases today's strength. And your perception, it becomes distorted. Matthew 6, and 23, Jesus goes on to say that, that if your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. He's speaking about perception and about focus here. So here's the question. If you're dealing with worry, where is your focus going? It's on the problem or it's on God? It's on faith or it's on anxiety? See, concern is I have an issue in my life that's troubling, and I'm setting forth a plan to address it. I'm gathering good counsel, godly counsel in to help me, and I'll work on it, and I'll take care of it. And that's legit. But worry is a concern becoming the controlling factor of what you faith. It paralyzes you and keeps you from having a good plan going forward. And its paralyzing force is based upon unfounded fears. This is distinctly different from legitimate concerns which move us into action and deeper trust in God. God is fully present in every moment of your life. Let me say it again. God is fully present at every moment of your life. So you can be free of worry and you can be fully present in the moment. Now, one of the things I want you to see from the words of Jesus is that worry is unreasonable. If God requires something of you, then he will give you what you need to get through it. Matthew 6, 25, is not life more important than food 
and the body more important than clothes. In other other words, God has already given you two earthly treasures that are more valuable than anything else. He's given you life, and he's given you that life in, in a body. Since God's already given you the most important stuff, your life, this day that you're living in, your very breath, how reasonable is it to worry about the lesser stuff like food and and like clothing? And since God loves you enough to give you life, well, then I'm thinking that he loves you enough to give you the other things you need to sustain your life. It's interesting we can trust Jesus for our eternities, but we can't always trust him for our tomorrows. Next time worry rises, I'd love you to say this, Lord, I'm not being unreasonable because you've been taking care of your people for thousands of years, and I think I can trust you to take care of me. So so beginning with verse 26, Jesus gives us two illustrations of worry and why it's unreasonable. He says in verse 26, look at the birds. They don't sow or reap or store away in barns. They don't worry about where their next meal is going to come from. All they do is fly around and look for food, and God makes sure that they can find it. And then down in verse 28, Jesus says, look at the lilies of the field. Look at how colorful they are. Look at how amazing and colorful they are. You see, when you see flowers and you see birds, it's evidence that God knows how to take care of his creation. The fact of the matter is animals don't worry. Trees, well, they don't have anxiety. Plants don't scream out in fear. There's only one thing in all of God's creation that worries, and it's us, human beings. that have the greatest intelligence and spirits that are able to relate to God and have God fill them, and we're the ones that worry. See, God didn't create us to handle all the worry and the stress. Proverbs 12, 25, an anxious heart weighs a man down. And it's almost like we don't even need to read that verse to know it's true because we've lived it. Worry is simply unreasonable. Back to Matthew 6 and verse 26. Are you not much more valuable than the birds and, and the flowers? And Jesus speaks to people who have been attempting to earn God's favor. As a part of the Sermon on the Mount, They're doing all that they can to earn God's favor. And yet he says, the pure in heart get to see God. The hungry and thirsty for God will be satisfied. So if God's taken such care of getting you and me into a right relationship with him, then we have to see how valuable we are. The cross of Jesus, Jesus' sacrifice for us, his love for us, his care for us. It's unreasonable to worry. The second thing is it's unproductive. It doesn't work. It's useless. It's like rocking in a rocking chair. You got a lot of activity, but you don't go anyplace. You don't move forward. You don't make any progress. See, worry doesn't change yesterday or tomorrow. It just makes you miserable today. Matthew 6, 27, who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? And what's striking about this is when you think about it, it is, well, think about that crowd that was there, the people that Jesus was talking to. Think about their conditions of their life, how difficult it was for them to live in that region, in that time. Most of them were incredibly poor. They lived on less than a dollar a day. 
They would be poor until they died. 95% of them would never be able to read or write. And many of them gathered on that hillside were listening to Jesus preach and they were lame and they were sick. And you know, they had no medicines. They had no urgent care. They had no ERs. And plagues would come and kill up to a third of an entire city. A lot of them listening were slaves. They were probably watching their their favorite sundial, ready to go back to their masters. They would never be free. And if you were a baby, odds were you wouldn't live past 30 years of age. Living conditions were low. Anxiety was high. Roman rule was still in effect. And now over 2,000 years plus, our living conditions have gotten so much better. We're better educated. We're healthier. We're better resourced. We're cleaner and freer. Our medical advances are amazing. And the people on the hillside that day couldn't even imagine what we have today. Our modern conveniences, Apple watches, electronic reminders of appointments. So isn't it great that we don't have to worry anymore? After all, we've got it made. But yet we still worry. And worry is also, number three, unnecessary. Matthew 6.30, repeating the verse, if that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown in the fire, will he not much more clothe you? And I hear those words again, O you of little faith. And I pray for you and, and for me in this series of transformation and the season that we're moving into, that we be people of great faith and know that God's gonna take care of us because we're valuable to him. He's saying, God knows what he's doing, and he's taking care of you. Since God takes such good care of the lower orders of creation, God will certainly take care of the crown of his creation, Leon Morris said. And the last thing, number four, is is unbelieving. It's the command not to worry. That's coupled with, oh, you of little faith, when anxiety and worry strike, It doesn't mean that we're faithless. It means that our faith is being tested or it's being attacked. Matthew 6, 31 and 32. So do not worry saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the, and catch the word, pagans run after all these things. And your heavenly father knows what you have need of. You see, those that were pagans were considered to be without God. And those with God were living under a different calling. Worry is not our calling. Let others worry if they want. But worry is atheism in action. It's acting as if there is no God. And so when you move over to a place of worry, you're stepping away from an acknowledgement of who God is and what God wants to do in your life. You're stepping away from that relationship to say, you know what? I choose to step over here and I'm going to worry. And God, by his spirit, calls you back. Maybe you've got sick toddlers at home. And you might say, I don't believe God cares about the fact I can barely have enough to pay my mortgage. I don't believe God can help me with my aging parents that I'm taking care of or I'm aging myself, aches and pains. See, Worry comes in and divides your heart and your mind from God. The original English word for worry comes from the word 
to strangle, to strangle us. Worry says, I have to take matters into my own hands because no one else is here to help me. Understand, I'm on my own. And that's not true. For the Lord will never leave you nor forsake you. His hands, God's hands, made the world. His hands took, took dirt and breathed into it. It became a man. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to say that, that work and planning, doing things with your hands is wrong. Even the birds don't sit around waiting for God to drop food into their beaks. They go out looking for it, and he makes sure they find it. When we say we're going to take matters into our own hands, we're forgetting that God is actively involved in our lives. Worry is eliminated by trusting God. Matthew 6, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Worry is a signal that, that a change needs to take place. God doesn't promise us in absence of problems. He doesn't say every day will always be smooth. But what he is saying is that there will be problems each day, but the heart with which we approach those problems cannot be a worrisome heart and not a diminished faith. Sometimes, this may be true of you, the people tend to come to God last. We, we try everything else. And if it doesn't work, then we come to God broken and we say, God, would you fix our mess? We're about ready to collapse here. And God becomes a, a spare tire of sorts, only to be called upon when, when we have a blowout going down the wrong road. However, as soon as the situation clears up and God gets us back on our track, we say, thanks a lot, God. We put him back in the trunk and forget to walk with him down the right road, not the wrong road. When Jesus says, seek first the kingdom, the Greek word doesn't just mean a, an order that you go through, but in rank and influence and honor. In other words, that's the first place because of the place God has. There's no other order. We come to God first and foremost. And if you put your relationship with God ahead of everything else, he'll make sure that you have everything that you need. For trusting God, well, eliminates the need for worry. In Genesis 12, we have a familiar story. God tells Abraham, leave your country, your people, and your father's household, and go to a land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you, and I will make your name great. And you'll be a blessing for all people. And Abram could have said, but, but, but Lord, um, I can't leave my country. I don't even know where I'm going. I want a map. Or how am I going to make it financially? Or how am I going to explain to my friends that you're calling me to a land I don't even know about yet? Who's going to believe me? And he could have gathered a bunch of friends who would have agreed with him and said, you shouldn't do this. But here's the lesson. Abram could have worried himself right out of the will of God. Let me say it again. Abram could have worried himself right out of the will of God. He could have worried himself right out of his upcoming miracles. But instead, the Bible tells us in Genesis 15, 6, that Abram believed the Lord and it was credited to him 
as righteousness. And as a result, God blessed him and made him the father of many nations. Trusting God to provide eliminates the need for worrying. And the next thing is receiving the promises of God. If you want to eliminate worry from your life, receive his promises. Joshua 21, 45, not one of all the Lord's good promises to the house of Israel failed. Everyone was fulfilled. There are over 7,000 promises in the Bible that we can use to guard against depression and despondency and worry. And when we're unsure, we can turn to what God is saying about our marriage, about our work, about our various situations, and trust in him. So the question is, are you going to follow God or are you going to worry? You want to control everything or do you want God to embrace it for you? If you choose God, then follow his ways. The most important thing is not what people or situations say about you, but what God says about you. So follow his instructions. And I promise you, everything will turn out well. Everything will turn out with, well, with miracles scattered about. See, worry comes from not having any options. It absorbs you. It puts you against the wall and says, there's no way out. And it drives people into deep, dark places. No doors, no options, no light, only darkness. And some people, unfortunately, even become suicidal. But our Lord wakes away where there seems to be no way. And that worry it is overcome when we focus on who God is and what God has done. Don't forget what he's done for you. And the third thing is leaving your worries with God. I love this passage of scripture. We read it a lot around here, especially lately. Philippians 4, 6, don't be anxious about anything. Don't worry about anything. But in everything with prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. You see, every miracle began with a problem. And when we take our worry to God and our problems to God and we convert it into prayer and say, Lord, this is what I'm concerned about, we can ask him what caused the problem. We can ask him for his wisdom and for his guidance. And he can help us through all things. When we take action to address these issues, we deepen our character and our humility. We come to God first. You see, Jesus Christ has made it possible for you to live without worry. There's absolutely no reason for you to live with worry. Are you catching that today? It's simply a matter of coming to Christ and putting your life in his hands and trusting him on a day-to-day, moment-by-moment basis. And God will, God will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. Jesus. The idea is when a worry comes into your mind, don't feel guilty about it. Don't think that your faith is inadequate. Don't beat yourself up. Just pray and cast that worry on him. So what's your worry? What's your concern? What's driving you away from trusting God? And what's making you afraid? Those are valuable questions. Cast all your care upon the Lord. I want to end with a simple word, CALM, and the acronym, C-A-L-M. 
We celebrate God's goodness, or the letter C. We ask God for help. We leave our concerns with God, and we meditate on good things. You should write this down. We celebrate God's goodness. When worry comes and knocks on your door, when problems come in the mail or in the email, we stop and celebrate the goodness of God. And then we lift those needs to him. We, we, we're realists. We understand our problems. We don't deny them, but we, we ask God for help. And then we leave our concerns with him. We don't take them back. And then we meditate on good things. We fill our minds with good things. We renew our minds with who God is. A part of our celebration of God's goodness is our worship. And after I conclude in prayer, we're going to enter into a time of worship together. And I want to encourage you. Don't worry. I almost said, don't worry, be happy. But I guess I could say that, right? Don't worry. God is with us. He's not going to leave us. He never forsakes us. And I also want to remind you that we're here in person. We're online. Some of you are checking us out brand new. We're glad that you are. But we're here at 9 o'clock and at 1045. And soon we'll also be indoors at 1045. Right now we're, we're outdoors. And we'd love to have you come and be with us. We can do life together. But whether you're watching locally or from a distance, I want to encourage you today to celebrate God's goodness. Go ahead and ask God for help. Leave your concern with him and meditate on good things. So, Lord, we thank you that you have really big shoulders. We can stop from the worry and the hurry and the fear, and we can run to you. Thank you, Jesus. You're our Savior. And if anyone today is with us and they've yet to give their life to you, Jesus, thank you that you died on the cross for them, that you rose again from the dead for them. You want to offer forgiveness to them. And so with a simple prayer, we say, Lord, Lord, we give you our lives. You might just want to say that to him even now. Lord, I give you my life. Take my life, God. Take my worry. Take my fears. Take my anxiety. I celebrate you. I ask for your help. I leave my concerns with you, and I meditate on good things. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Please visit us at mylfc.com for more information about our church. Thank you so much for listening.